Today's reading is from Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 to 11. It's the uh, triumphal entry, so-called, into Jerusalem. I'm going to read it from the Holman Christian Standard Bible translation. When they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus then sent two disciples, telling them, Go into the village ahead of you. At once you'll find a donkey tied there, and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you should say that the Lord needs them, and immediately he will send them. This took place so that what was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. Tell daughter Zion, look, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did just as Jesus directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, then they laid their robes on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their robes on the road. Others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them on the road. Then the crowds who went ahead of him and those who followed kept shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. He who comes in the name of the Lord is the blessed one. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was shaken, saying, Who's this? And the crowds kept saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. The events of Palm Sunday remind me somewhat of the chorus to that famous Rolling Stones song, You Can't Always Get What You Want. Now, the one with the chorus that says you can't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes, you might just find that you get what you need. And we know that God doesn't give us everything that we want. And sometimes we're prepared to admit that it's a good thing that God doesn't give us everything that we want. What we want isn't always very good. And we know that God gives us everything we really need. Yet, if we're honest, I think we realize that we find it all too easy to confuse getting what we need and getting what we want. We find ourselves behaving like little children do when they cry, but I need it, when what they really want is a second helping of cake. By riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, Jesus was deliberately sending a message. Not just about his being the Messiah, fulfilling a prophecy, but about the kind of Messiah that he is. About the kind of Messiah that we need. The crowd that greets Jesus are so full of the Messiah that they want They don't recognize Jesus as the Messiah that they need. Around 500 BC, the priest and prophet Zechariah 
said that the Messiah would enter Jerusalem riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Mark and Luke in their Gospels note that the animal Jesus rode was a donkey on which no one has ever sat. Matthew, who's an eyewitness, informs us that two animals, a donkey and the foal of a donkey, were present. Having mum walking ahead of it would have been a calming influence on Junior. So the inclusion of two animals makes good sense. And Matthew isn't contradicting Mark and Luke. After all, Matthew knew Luke's, uh, Mark's gospel. He's just adding the information that Mark didn't bother mentioning. But what about Matthew's strange remark that after the disciples laid their outer cloaks upon both animals, Jesus sat on them? Images spring to mind of Jesus trying to straddle two donkeys as they make their way up the road to Jerusalem. Well, of course not. But in picking up on what the theologians call this uh, synonymous parallelism um, of of Zechariah's prophecy, saying, look, your, your king is coming to you gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Matthew is picking up on this parallelism and kind of making a joke to emphasize a serious point. By choosing to enter Jerusalem in this way, Jesus is symbolically declaring that he is the Messiah, but is the humble servant king, riding a beast of burden kind of Messiah, rather than the riding a steed of war, ready to kick Roman butt kind of Messiah. And the crowd really isn't getting it. Throwing garments in Jesus' path did symbolise submission to Jesus as a king. But the use of the, the palm fronds indicates the reception of Jesus as a national liberator. Uh, They'd been used as a symbol in the Maccabean uh, Revolution. Some shout-out verses from the, the Passover season psalm, 118, verses 25 to 26. They shout out, Hosanna, meaning, oh, oh, save, God save us. Hosanna, he who comes in the name of the Lord is blessed. However, in the, the context of the Roman occupation, their focus was on the first half of Psalm 118, which is all about God's past delivery of Israel from military oppressors. And that's what they wanted now. And when Jesus fails to give it to them, the crowd switched from shouting, Hosanna, to shouting, crucify him! When we confuse what we need from God with what we want, there is a a sense in which we find ourselves amongst that Jerusalem crowd, waving our palm fronds at Jesus so he knows what we want. 
rather than listening to Jesus so that we discover what we need. So in closing, let's meditate upon another part of Psalm 118. Praying that unlike that Jerusalem crowd, we'll listen as our servant king tells us the difference between getting what we want and getting what we need from him this Easter. This is Psalm 118, verses 19 to 24. Open the gates of righteousness for me. I will enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. And of course, elsewhere, Jesus says, I am the gate. I am the gate. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous will enter through it. I will give thanks to you because you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This came from the Lord. It is wonderful to our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen.